0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. This is the week Cliff Kingsbury finally beats Jared Goff. At least that's the goal. Offensively, the Lions would not appear to be much of a challenge, though stats don't always tell the whole story. Speaking of challenges, the challenge Kyla Murray faces without DeAndre Hopkins. Who steps into that role? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 511, and it starts Now. We say it often on this show, MJ, things change very quickly in the National Football League. We talked about it on Wednesday. DeAndre Hopkins needing a second opinion, and then all of a sudden, in a blink of an eye, went from second opinion to reported surgery. All of a sudden, he's done for the rest of the regular season, hopefully back by the postseason. I mean, that happened in a matter of minutes following our show on Wednesday and here we are talking once again about the prospects and I don't think it's prospects anymore we know DeAndre Hopkins is not going to play this week the team officially hasn't said anything beyond that but it does sound like number 10 will not be on the football field for the foreseeable future
1: yeah it's definitely a big blow um the thing is when he's on the field I just think teams uh, defend the Cardinals offense a little bit differently um But let's be honest, I mean, him and Kyler have both missed games and the team had a winning record uh, on the road with Colt McCoy beating both the uh, Seahawks and obviously the 49ers. I mean, clearly he's one of the top wide receivers in football, but I think we notice and talk about it every post game. They're spreading the ball out. I mean, he he doesn't have 150 catches. and I'm just paraphrasing, or you know, targets and 115 catches. Yes, he's been really effective in the red zone when it comes to touchdowns. He's, he has he has eight on the year. Um, but you know, the, they they spread the ball around, and somebody somebody's, somebody's going to get his targets. Is that Zach Ertz? Is that Chase Edmonds? Um, obviously, Christian Kirk's had a really good year. A.J. Green's coming off his best game as a Cardinal. And then you throw in Antoine Wesley. It sounds like they trust him. He puts the work in. He's got good size. And then Andy Isabella. I mean, we'll see if he he gets an opportunity. He does have speed. He's just got to catch the ball. So, again, it it definitely uh, hurts this team because they're all coming back. And you thought, this is the time to make a run. But uh, I'm optimistic and and I'm actually uh, confident that they'll be able to get the job done. Um, But again, at at the end of the day, it's hard to replace one of the best wide receivers in football.
0: Reaction from the players, A.J. Green, it just sucks. Kyler Murray, that's a big hit, talking about the loss of DeAndre Hopkins. And both ESPN and the NFL Network reporting surgery to repair the MCL. Six-week recovery, according to the NFL Network. Six weeks, MJ, is the conference championships. So much like we're having this same discussion about J.J. Watt returning for the postseason, perhaps Hopkins can return. Certainly would be a huge boost for the Cardinals. But one, you have to get into the postseason. Cardinals one win away from clinching a playoff spot and then you're banking on an extended run, and I don't think you can count on that. So I do believe, whereas J.J. Watt has been seen on the practice field doing some conditioning drills, we might have seen the last of DeAndre Hopkins here in 2021.
1: Yeah, and and if he's having surgery uh, on the MCL, and it sounds like according to A.J. Green, he's in Los Angeles uh, as we're doing the show here on Thursday. Yeah. I'd be surprised if we see him the rest of the season, let alone the post. Obviously, the rest of the season's out out the door. But he's got to decide what's best for his future. I'm I'm sure he wants to be out there. Just having him on the field like J.J. Watt brings a presence. But, you know, he's going to play seven, eight more years. He's going to have a Hall of Fame career. So he's going to make sure he comes back from this injury. But, uh, again, I'm speculating there. We'll just have to wait and see. But, clearly, J.J. Watt is more of an option we're going to see in the postseason than right now, DeAndre Hopkins.
0: It's okay to feel disappointed. It's okay to feel heartbroken. Yet at the same time, this league waits for no one. It is, all right, you move on. What's next? You don't have DeAndre Hopkins, so what happens with this Arizona Cardinals offense? And as we heard on Thursday... This team, and you mentioned it as well, very confident in the depth at the wide receiver position. And it begins with A.J. Green. I think that's where we will all look now. I don't know if there's first... You can't replace DeAndre Hopkins. You're talking about one of the three or four best wide receivers in the game. So you can't replace that. You lose his presence on the football field, and we've talked about that a lot, especially when he missed time earlier in the year. This offense now is going to look a little, def- a little different. The defenses are going to attack Kyle Murray and company a little differently. But I think from a experience standpoint, Yes, it's his first year in this offense, but I think we're all going to look to A.J. Green because of his experience in the NFL as far as being that number one target for Kyler Murray. Unless you think differently as far as you know Christian Kirk and that familiarity or Zach Ertz, the tight end position, but as far as that quote-unquote number one wide receiver, the outside receiver, it's got to be A.J. Green in my opinion. Now how much production do we see from him coming off a 100-receiving-yard game last week against the Rams. But to me, that's the guy that certainly needs to step in and be DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Yeah, well, he may see different covers now. I, I still think they're going to run their offense. I mean, Christian Kirk, he's got 718 yards. You'd like to see him get over 1,000. That'd that be a nice little benchmark for him. You know, A.J. Green's at 654, so it's gonna, he's going to come up a little bit short there. but. Uh, I do think Ertz is going to get more targets. Wesley, right now, only has eight catches on the season for 113 yards. He's going to get more targets, and then Chase Edmonds, um, he's going to get targets in the passing game. But you know, Rondell Moore. So um, I don't know if he's number one. I just think the, the collection. And I do. Th- if I had, a, if I'm sitting here today, you know, a couple of days before they played the Lions and they got four or more games, uh, I would think Ertz and 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 Edmonds would pick up the slack with tar with the targets, but again, every game it's six or seven guys, and we really don't talk about Demetrius Harris or Darrell Daniels. They're more for blocking, um, but getting Justin Pew back is very clear to me, Craig. This team has to run the football, and I think everyone is talking. They're saying all the all the right things this week. This is December football. It doesn't matter if it's indoors or outdoors. So they got to get back and you get the one-two punch with the addition of Kyler. Um, they have to run the football to set up the play action.
0: You mentioned Antoine Wesley, and you look at the unofficial Cardinals depth chart. He is the backup to D-Hop. In fact, it was Wesley who was the guy that filled in for Hopkins when he missed three games in November, and that's when Wesley had his seven catches for 106 yards. So plug-and-play for Antoine Wesley and this is someone that was very, very effective in catching the football all the way back in training camp. He stood out. He made play after play. Now we're seeing it, or we hope to see it now continue here beginning in Week 15, but Antoine Wesley someone that I think can have a really big impact on this offense, but you keep bringing up that balance and spreading the ball around. This offense has not relied on DeAndre Hopkins. A year ago, yes. This season, No, to the point where he wasn't even the best receiver as far as catches or yards. He was number four as far as catches are concerned going into this week. Kyler Murray looks to see where the defense is going or shadowing or overplaying a particular side and then looking for the open receiver, tight end, or running back out of the backfield.
1: No doubt about it. And, you know, the fact is that You know, it seems like if the Cardinals can, you know, get a first down, um, we're going to see that hurry up offense where, you know, you had a great uh, uh, nugget when it came to personnel groupings when Hopkins wasn't out there. They still were trying to spread teams out. Do do you have the numbers?
0: Yeah, weeks 9, 10, and 11. And this is according to Warren Sharp football stats, which we've talked about before here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals during those three weeks, three games minus DeAndre Hopkins. Now also keep in mind Kyler Murray was out as well, but the Cardinals ran 11 personnel, three wide receiver sets, 64% of the time, 12 personnel, 29%. Spreading the football out, 10 personnel, throw all your wide receivers out on the field, no one in the backfield. Just three snaps in three weeks. Now again, that was with Colt McCoy as the quarterback. You do now have Kyler Murray, so you instead of having both your number one quarterback and number one wide receiver out, you do still have K-1. You're just missing D Hop.
1: I would agree, but I, I think the difference is when Colt McCoy was playing, they really had a good game plan for him. and If you go back to the 49ers game, it was a lot of quick passes, uh, screen passes, and then he got some chance to throw the ball down the field. You go back to the Seahawks game, And it seemed like the Cardinals at that point in time, you know, were able to utilize, um, obviously, going against Russell Wilson and and the Seahawks. So I, I just think it's different when Kyler's in there, where they can really go four wide. But, again, it all is predicated on the run game.
0: And this team needs to make sure that they stay balanced as far as running the ball effectively. And hopefully, as we talked about on Wednesday, Chase Edmonds is coming back this week, that would certainly help. Now, as far as wide receivers that we have not mentioned, there are two wide receivers on the practice squad. In fact, both were protected this week, Andre Bocellia and Greg Dortch, names that we've talked about in training camp. Now, there is another option, another name out there, and I think this is more fan-driven and select media members, but there is the elephant in the room, although we haven't seen him, and that would be Larry Fitzgerald has not officially announced his retirement. But, MJ, you're talking about someone who has not played competitive football in almost a full calendar year. December 26th, 2020, is the last time Larry Fitzgerald wore a football uniform. I don't know what he is doing outside of playing golf and other adventures, other business aspects, but I understand the fan base wanting, hey, you lose do D-Hop, bring in number 11 to return. I just... It makes for a great story, but Fitz has never been, never been about a great story.
1: Yeah, and and, and the only thing I can tell you is is, is he's really enjoying um, his life, Um, whether it's hanging out with his boys. uh, You know, he's taking up snowboarding and then pickleball, and he's got a pickleball coach. And so, you know, I tweeted out today that he's more likely, chances are much better that he'll play in a pickleball tournament than get back on the field. I just don't think he, um, at this point in time he has any desire to step on the field. I mean, he would definitely not want to be a distraction. Um, you know, I asked him if he was going to come to the Monday night game. He said, "No, I'm rooting for all those guys." He was at the San Francisco game. Nobody knew he was there. He didn't call anybody. That's just not his personality. But I I don't think he I don't think he's scratching that itch to where I need to be on the field. Now you would have thought, hey, this is ideal. Um, come in, but that's not Larry I mean he 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 would have to put the work in and you know he works out. Um, he's never going to be out of, out of shape, but there's a difference in football shape, so it would be a great story, but i I just don't see it happening and for all the fans out there, well, why does he announce his retirement? Well, that's a good question. I think it's a fair question, but he doesn't have to announce his retirement. There's no papers he has to fill out, so basically, if he doesn't step on the field and play another game or down, He's actually, you know, uh, he's a year closer to going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. you got to wait five years from your last game or last season that he was under contract, and that would have been last year. So that's the reason why. And, you know, he doesn't want a lot of fanfare. I, I understand it, but this is Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, that's the guy we all beloved uh, throughout his entire career. And, you know, I, I'm sure that, you know, he at some point in time will have to make an announcement, but I don't. I don't see any time soon. Like it's not like, hey, you have to announce your retirement. You got to let everyone know. He's just he's he's cut from a different cloth. That's not the fiber of him.
0: Now I know it's not a recent example, but way back when in a previous life, the Phoenix Suns had an issue at point guard, and Kevin Johnson came back. Now two different things. Can you handle? your role, and you look, and Fitz has always been the alpha. He's always been the guy in that wide receiver room. He comes here the Cardinals, and is he better than A.J. Green? No. Is he better than Christian Kirk? No. Is he a better option than Rondell Moore? I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. Zach Ertz? Chase Edmonds? I mean, from a skilled position standpoint, he'd come in as maybe your third, fourth wide receiver, but we're on the pecking order as far as – Where is Kyler Murray going to look to throw the football? So I understand it. I'm right there with you, Bird Gang. We did not get the proper send-off that we wanted as fans. Not what Fitz wanted, what we wanted as fans. And that's disappointing. But to think that you're going to get this Hollywood ending, uh, again, it looks great on film, but Larry Fitzgerald is not going to be in the words of Rick Pitino, when he was the Boston Celtics head coach, paraphrasing Larry Fitzgerald's not walking through that door. No,
1: and and this notion for the fans, he can play tight end. <laughs> he does block well. He does well, clearly, and and that's because he he he's a team player. I mean, you know, you know, over the last couple, I think it was last week, everyone's showing the Clay uh, Chase pool play, and then they show Larry's play, and I, and I asked him about it, and he said. He said, I, I don't like seeing that stuff. He's, and I said, You're a Hall of Famer, and they're comparing him to you. And he, he goes, I just don't. It's not, you know, obviously he made a mistake, but he goes, I don't like seeing that kind of stuff. So, uh, like I said, it's, uh, you know, we'll bottom line it. I wish him luck in whatever he's doing. He's, he's winning at life, I can tell you that. But he's really enjoying life, though. Like with his business, he's traveling, his podcast. Um, you know, h- hanging out with his three boys, being able to take them to school. I mean, this is stuff that he couldn't do
0: before. He has stepped out of the spotlight, not that he ever enjoyed the Unless spotlight. Unless
1: you're at a Suns game or a Mercury game. Yes,
0: but he is kind of out of sight, out of mind, and that is what he wants. We'll respect it, but I certainly understand the clamoring for a lot of the Bird Gang to have number 11 back with the Arizona Cardinals. I just don't see it happening here This season or perhaps ever. Now, as we can say, things move on. We continue to look forward not only to this week, but the rest of the regular season and the postseason. And some other injury issues have popped up. James Conner was not on the practice field during the open portion on Thursday. Day-to-day is the report on him as far as an ankle injury. Justin Pugh was not seen during the open portion of practice. Neither was Corey Peters. Rodney Hudson, maybe a vet day for him. Leckie Fautou, though, was practicing. He's got a shoulder issue, so that was good. But the other important injury item to note is in that Cardinals secondary. Robert Alford hurt his pectoral muscle late in the game on Monday. He has not practiced this week, not sure as far as his status for this week, according to defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, offered as being evaluated. He was spotted on the practice field watching practice, but this is a significant blow as far as the depth in the secondary, and it might, if you're looking as far as reading the tea leaves, Cardinals earlier signed Breon Borders off the Titans practice squad to add some depth behind a Marco Wilson, a Byron Murphy, So you're looking for someone. Now you do have Antonio Hamilton, but now all of a sudden, Borders becomes your fourth cornerback, healthy cornerback on the roster.
1: Yeah, I I think Antonio Hamilton, uh, there was a game when Marco Wilson and uh, Byron Murphy were out, and it was Chase Whitaker, Antonio Hamilton, and Robert Alford. You know, you feel for Alford. Hopefully it's nothing long-term, but, you know, he's had prior injuries. We don't know the extent to there. Is it the same uh, uh, pectoral muscle that he he, uh, tore? uh, previously so we'll have to wait and see but again you got to get a pass rush up front and it'll take a lot of a stress. and then Chase Whitaker I know he's more of a slot guy um, you know he hasn't really had a lot of time but he did get a chance to play in that game when both Murphy and uh, Wilson were out so uh, uh, again buddha has got to play better uh, Jalen Thompson's got to play better you know the, the entire secondary needs to play better and I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because they've been the strength ever
0: since the season started And what we talk about on Tuesday morning about that secondary? There was not a single player that had a good game. Maybe fair to average, but not a good game. And they needed to play better than good to beat the Rams on Monday night. I'm talking corners and safeties.
1: Well, yeah. And then Marcus Golden, you know, he'll tell you the truth. I mean, first of all, you want to give credit to them. They obviously played much better, and they – were able to move the ball, and they couldn't get any pressure. But he said, I missed a tackle on third down in the red zone. And it was pretty blatant. And sometimes you take a different angle. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's, he's had an outstanding season, leads the team in sacks. And he's really the, you know, the, uh, the, the what do they say, the
0: heart of the defense. Who's the heart of the defense? Well, Jordan Hicks has been called okay. the heart of the defense. He's also been called the quarterback of the defense. I you had this, you think, had this nice I description yeah, for I every know. single player. I, I, you I need to write it down.
1: No, no, he's the glue of the defense. That's right. Okay. Buddha's the face of the defense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll figure them all out. Jordan Hicks is the quarterback of the defense. Yep. Marcus Golden is the glue glue of the defense. Buddha Baker is the face of the defense. And
1: Jalen Thompson is the thumper of the defense. Okay. So, so we've at, got
0: four. Well, we're at four. I, okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> By the end of 2021, every single starter is going to have some adjective that can say, hello, my name is, and all of a sudden quarterback. You'll just know. If I
1: say, you know, heart, glue,
0: quarterback, thumper, uh, face, you'll know exactly who I'm referring to. Cardinals covered 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As we speak here on this Thursday, December 16th, the last day to vote for Pro Bowl, NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote, NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. Again, the Pro Bowl Sunday, February 6th in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. A couple of our other items on... This Cardinals defense and listening to Vance Joseph speak on Thursday, he referenced a lot. You could tell he was not happy, even not happy with himself, as far as what the Cardinals did on third down in that game, in particular third and long. And he, he specifically mentioned third and seven-plus. I went back and looked. The Rams went two of four on third and seven-plus. Specifically, they converted two third downs in which it was third and and eight. There was a 17-yard pass to Odell Beckham Jr. that led to a second-quarter field goal, put the Rams up 10-3. There was a 12-yard pass to Cooper Cup that led to another fourth-quarter field goal, put the Rams up 30-20. You get off the field on either of those or both of those. Now all of a sudden, you're talking about a different story. Much like we discussed Tuesday morning, Kyler Murray's two interceptions, a handful of plays. A handful of plays kept the Cardinals from winning that game on Monday night, yet they didn't play their best, and the Rams, they did play their best.
1: Yeah, and when you when you just look at the the outcome, I mean, they were sloppy at times, uh, and, and, and I think Kyler, I think it's a great experience for him, and Cliff, they're still learning. I mean, you know, that's why everyone's, you know, going to look at the Bucks and Packers, and, you know, Dak Prescott's kind of been in Dallas for a long time, but, the thing is, is that, you know, he's still learning. But I do think playing on Thursday night against the Packers and playing on Monday night against the Rams, that's what the playoffs are going to be about. That that The, the, the brights get lighter. I mean, they get – I mean, it's it, – it's it, from preseason and regular season to the postseason, it changes. And, you know, again, it's more about being physical, winning in the trenches, um, you know, not turn the ball over. Some teams will get conservative versus – there's no style points at this point in the year. So um, – And this team has done a really good job not losing two in a row. I mean, that's the leadership in the locker room, and it's also, you know, you you want to avoid losing. If you're going to have a losing streak, do it early in the This is not the time to go on a losing streak.
0: Well, they've also been very good about slamming the door even after a win. Like, you turn the page Sunday night into Monday morning. Now, in this case, it's Monday night into Tuesday morning, but they don't get too high. They don't get too low even after they started as well as they did, becoming the only undefeated team in the National Football League. But to your point, they've always responded after a loss, beating San Francisco on the road, beating the Seahawks on the road, beating the – well, this would be the next opportunity, hopefully beating – The Lions on the road here in week 15. And let's touch a little bit on this matchup here as we continue on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Offensively, the Detroit Lions, only two other teams, the Texans and Jaguars, have scored fewer touchdowns and averaged fewer points per game. The Lions have scored just 23 touchdowns. Cardinals, by comparison, have gotten into the end zone 44 times tied for the second most in the league. The Lions averaged just over 16 points a game. Only three times this season have they scored 20 or more points in a game. Cardinals, by comparison, have failed to reach 20 points twice. So, again, it is a huge mismatch on paper. And to make matters worse for Detroit, reports are that Tight and TJ Hawkinson done for the season after undergoing hand s- surgery. Their running back situation, DeAndre Swift hasn't played in the past two games because of a shoulder injury. Jamal Williams is on the reserve COVID-19 list. So there is not a lot of skilled position talent as far as top-of-mind talent, yet you hear from players, you hear from coaches, and what they see on film tells a different story than what we are reading here on the stat sheet. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, they went out and hired Dan Campbell, and, you know, he, he he made some comments in his press conference, and I think he's perfect for Detroit, just a blue-collar city, and people work hard, and and, and it, it, they love their sports there, whether it's the Red Wings, the Tigers, or, or the Lions. Again, they play hard. It's just, you know, it's first year, and I don't think they have the talent across the board, but the fact is they're going to play hard to the final whistle, and when you get to this point in the year – and especially when you get a new GM and a new head coach, I mean, guys are playing for their jobs. I mean, they'll always go back to the last four games, you know, and I know we're, we're to that point. Uh, are you a free agent? Uh, are you playing not to get hurt? Because all that stuff is on tape. The, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. So, yeah, Hawkinson, He. he, he do you remember when he played the Cardinals? <laughs> he made, uh, <laughs> Yeah,
0: made his – NFL debut against the Cardinals in 2019. Rattle off the numbers because it was
1: 31 <laughs> yards in his debut. He's one of two tight ends with Travis Kelsey with 60 catches in each of the past two seasons. So um, I feel more comfortable now than back down when the covering tight ends. That's where it really started that week one. Um, but Isaiah Simmons has done a nice job, and then you can use some of your secondary. But you know, I think Cliff uh, pointed out, and we've talked about this, you know, the fact that, you know, they haven't beaten Jarek off And, you know, he, and, and one thing that Vance, and I had to go back and look it up. Vance talked about how good the offensive line is. They just haven't had a consistent running game. And, you know, you look at their wide receivers, but between DeAndre Swift and you mentioned Jamal Williams, he's on COVID. Uh, Swift, it's been three weeks now. So we're getting closer to the game. So I assume that he's not playing um, but, you know, T- Taylor Decker's, and then Panay Sue, who they drafted in the first round, he's a mountain of man, and they got a guy from the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but I, I was, uh, you know, when, when Vance says stuff, it's kind of like he got fucking my ears go up, and he said that, you know, th- their offensive line doesn't get enough credit, but they just haven't been able to consistently run the ball or utilize play action down the field,
0: and that's one of the strengths of Jarrett Goff. 17th best rushing offense 27th best passing offense and it is a very young unproven wide receiver core that continues to just get younger and younger because of injury or the reserve COVID-19 list they do have Amonra St. Brown a rookie fourth round pick out of USC Josh Reynolds look it's young talent it's not experienced talent And then as far as running the football, last week it was Craig Reynolds elevated from the practice squad, 11 carries for 83 yards in the loss to the Broncos, and that's because Swift and Williams did not play. So they're finding players. They're having limited success, but again, talent should win out on Sunday. The Cardinals should go in and come away with a victory, but we keep saying it. This team, talking about the Detroit Lions, plays very, very hard, and they do have a very good line. Taylor Decker, you talked about. Evan Brown was just activated off the reserve COVID-19 list. They're starting center. They had to start a third-string center against the Broncos. And then Panay Sewell, the right tackle, highest-graded tackle in the league last week, according to Pro Football Focus. So they have some pieces, but when you look for information on this matchup, MJ, what you're seeing and what you're reading is – Number one overall pick, prospects, draft needs. Yeah, that's what you do in the middle of December. That's what we've done here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai Proud, partner of the Arizona Cardinals, because your team is out of it. At 1-11-1, the Lions officially eliminated from playoff contention. We've been in their spot to where the rest of the regular season, it matters, but now you have an eye towards the future and what's next. And the Lions are looking at what's next, while the Cardinals are looking at, well, this week and this week only. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, it was 41-33 in week one against the Niners. They lose to the Packers 35-17, but they lose to the Ravens, who have a really good defense 19-17. Um, they lose to the Vikings 19-17. They lose to the Rams 28-19. Uh, they tie the Steelers 16 to 16. They lose it to the Bears 13 to 10. They lose um, lose it to the Browns. Lose it a Bears 16 to 10. And and then you know there was a close game in Minnesota 29 27. And then last week they lose 38 10. Um, so they're not. I mean, there's a couple blowouts in there, but you could see that they they play hard. It's just like I said, it'd be it, to me it would be interesting to see the Cardinals first couple possessions get out to a lead here. And and you know they can dictate tempo, and then Vance can tee off and get after the quarterback. So in these couple first couple possessions, and weather won't be a factor. Cardinals will be fired up. They practice in the morning, so the times, uh, the game time will not affect these guys. But you know, just go in there and take care of business. This has to, we we've talked about it at length. When why is this team good on the road? Because it's a business trip. You know, they don't have to wear suits. Some guy, obviously, Cliff, you know, has relaxed rules. They want you to be comfortable on the flight. And, and I do think if Connor doesn't practice, uh, they know more than us. Um, I did see him walking. I didn't see any limp. Uh, I, I, he's taken such a beating. I, I, I don't need to see him practice, but I'd lo- love
0: to see him out there on game day. I would, too, because I do think that combination, if Edmonds is back, you've got James, Connor, and all of a sudden yeah. – you're getting some pieces back, even though you're losing a giant puzzle piece in DeAndre Hopkins. But having that one-two punch in the backfield would benefit everyone, not just Kyler Murray, but the entire offense and the entire team.
1: Yeah, I think we got to separate the positions. So nobody's going to replace Hop. You got the running game along with Murray. You got your tight ends. Zach Ertz obviously is going to be a target, and then you got your wide receivers. So. Um. And, and, again, they have enough depth there. So somebody's going to somebody's gonna get the targets. It could be like you you talked about possibly A.J. Green. I think Kirk Moore. I mean, Rondo Moore's a rookie, but, you know, they want to put more on his plate. And he's got that mental men, uh, mentality, maturity mentality that he hasn't hit the wall. You know, he, so that's a good thing. And, like I said, I just think we need to break the positions down because somebody's
0: going to get tar- hops targets. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as we continue to look at this Week 15 matchup in Detroit. Cardinals 10-3, Lions 1-11-1. 11 11 a.m. is the kickoff from Ford Field on Sunday. 6.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. We've talked about Jared Goff a couple of times, and it was interesting earlier in the week when Kingsbury brought up on his own that he has never beaten Jared Goff. 3-0, 3-0, remember, that last game in Los Angeles a year ago, Goff was inactive. He did not play. So three games Goff has played against Kingsbury. Don't King remind Berry. me. That was John Wolford. Yeah, Chris Strebler. Yeah, that's trying to wipe that game out of my memory as well as the week before at State Farm Stadium when the 49ers literally ran over the Arizona Cardinals. But Goff against Kingsbury, and I know it's not against Kingsbury, but it was, again, when – the head coach brings up something unprompted Yes, you pay a little bit more attention to. Jared Goff, in those three wins, almost 73% completion, six touchdowns, no interceptions. He's been sacked three times. Now, overall in his career, seven and one in eight career games against the Cardinals, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's completing 71% of his passes. Now, that is more to do with the talent around him, the head coach that he had. He's only won one game without Sean McVay. So, on film, though, Vance Joseph said he's seen a very talented quarterback in Jared Goff who's making all the right reads and all the right decisions. Yet, I do think, as we chronicled earlier, the talent around him isn't nearly as good as far as from a running back and a wide receiver standpoint, especially when you're losing players because of injury or because of COVID-19.
1: Yeah. And when you just look at Jared Goff, clearly, you know, they had Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley, I mean, he was a touchdown machine, very similar to David Johnson. That's probably why they both got extended, but there is, I mean, and McVay, to me, is a better play caller than Dan Campbell, even though Anthony Lynn was initially calling plays, former head coach of the Chargers, and then Dan Campbell started calling plays. Now, you know, he never got a chance to call plays in, in, in New Orleans with Peyton there, and then he was in Dallas, but you know, I would I would think, once again, we've said this a few times now, I would think they're going to try to run the ball and keep Colin Murray on the sidelines and try to, you know, put pressure on him. Um, but I just, like I said, we talk about talent. A team that plays the best is going to win the game, but you would think this Cardinals, you know, going into that third quarter, you, you would hope that, you
0: know, they feel comfortable where they're at. Look, this game should not be close what we said it against the Houston Texans on how those first 15 minutes went. We said it when the Cardinals went into Jacksonville and struggled until the second half. So it's one thing to understand what you're up against. I just don't want to see this team figure out that, okay, we're just better than you. No, you got to go out – And as a cliche says, throw out the record and just look at what the film is telling you and then go about and execute. Do your job. Don't do anyone else's job but your own job and execute because I do think that this is a game. This can be a very – Good game for the Arizona Cardinals going into the last three, Indianapolis, Dallas, and Seattle. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, everyone made a big deal about the Rams' get-back game against uh, uh, the Jaguars, and this could be the get-back game for the Cardinals. Now, you ready for this stat? The Lions have lost their last 29 matchups versus a team entering five games above 500. The longest streak by any team since 2000, Detroit was the last uh, win was 2003. Kind of similar to Matthew Stafford. I
0: was just going to say that. That's I never
1: uh, seen this set about five <laughs> games over five hundred. I guess that's what why we're at this point in the year where you know, there are a certain amount of teams that are five games over five hundred.
0: Yeah, that Matthew Stafford stat now is non-existent. So now that you've just said that about the Lions, MJ, what are you doing here?
1: No, 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 no. This is a different matchup than the Rams.
0: That is true. As you like to say, though, history means absolutely it, nothing. It, it,
1: it, Going to the game, whatever happened there, Derek Goff, his numbers against Carlos, it's not going to mean anything. Now, before we close shop, what did you make of Vance Joseph just talking about this team's mindset and goal, whether they win it at home or on the road, is to win the game regardless of the site where the game is
0: played? Quote, right now our home record is not that good but it's not about home or away. It's about us doing things right. That's the message. So the energy comes from doing it right, making plays on our terms. That's what it's about, end quote. I think coaches and players are getting sick and tired of being asked, whether it's by the media, whether it's by friends and family, hey, why can't you win at home? Why can't you play as well as you do at home as you do on the road? Okay, correct me if I'm wrong.
1: They lose to the Packers – They have have a high seed right now, correct? Correct. They're number one. They lose to the Rams. The Rams, so it's two playoff teams. Okay, the dud was the Panthers game. We didn't see it coming. I thought the team was wired. I mean, again, give them credit, just like the Rams. But they lost to two playoff teams. It's not like, yeah, in the Minnesota game, they could not control Greg Joseph missing the field goal. Now, obviously, that was a game that they didn't play their A game, but they were able to get the win. And we've been on the other side for years. So uh, keep in mind they they lost to two playoff teams and these teams are going to make the playoffs. I mean you could see the Rams possibly pull off an upset, um, and and the Packers if they lock up the number one seed you got go to go you got to go to Lambeau. So keep that in mind when you look. Again, the, the idea is when they step on the field home or away, the goal is to win the game. I mean, no one, no one picked the Cardinals to go seven and zero on the road this year so it, it balances itself out look at the record they're 10 and 3
0: what if this team was 7 and 0 at home and 3 and 3 on the road
1: well i would be concerned because if you don't win the division you got to go on the road and you say well they got home cook and they take advantage of the crowd and and the crowd was loud i mean it was a pro cardinal route don't get it twisted but they're 10 and 3 the goal is to win every single game and no, no team's going 17-0. and 0. I mean, the top
0: teams right now in football have three losses. Well, what was the note earlier on Thursday that there has yet to be a team in either conference that has not clinched the division, that hasn't clinched a playoff and this spot?
1: Is, and this is after week 14. Oh, we could see what happens tonight, even though you know, the Chiefs had won six straight and they played the Chargers. Yeah, th- th- this hasn't happened in a long time. Now, it could be because you got the 17 schedule. Half the teams in the league, Craig, are six and seven and seven and six.
0: Half. There is a dramatic drop off as far just for as far as records, especially in the NFC. It's top heavy now in the AFC. Much different story because that has certainly been a revolving door as far as who is the team of the week with respect to who is the media going to anoint as the number one team in the AFC right now. It would appear to be the Patriots, but that can change. And a split second.
1: Okay, almost half to be correct. Colts 7 and 6. Bills 7 and 6. Browns 7 and 6. Broncos 7 and 6. 49ers 7 and 6. Steelers 6 6 and 1. Raiders, Dolphins, Washington, Vikings, Eagles, Falcons, Saints 6 and 7. Almost half the league, you know what that's called? Parity, and they
0: love it. The league loves it. Yeah. I don't know if the individual fan bases of the respective teams love it, unless you're one of those teams that is sitting there going, hey, our season's not done. We still have an opportunity. Craig,
1: here. I want to say 28 teams are still eligible. I mean, there's four teams. Now, in baseball, you you know, you got that extra wild card game, and teams play well down the stretch, and it's one game. Just like the NFL. You get in, it's one opportunity. Unless you lose, you go home. If you win, you move on.
0: As A.J. Green said earlier on Thursday, quote, this league is so weak to weak, end quote, meaning days of the week, not weak as in the opposite of strong.
1: Yeah, when you say things change, when Kingsbury said he's getting a second opinion, all of a sudden the national media jumps on it, and within 24 hours we find out he's having surgery versus after the game, you know, you got to wait until the swelling goes down for the MRIs. As you pointed out correctly, James kind of addressed the media, so you're thinking he's much better. Um, But, yeah, I mean, things change hourly in this league. and I mean, look at all the COVID, and, and I'm concerned about the playoffs. I'm concerned about Christmas. A good thing the Cardinals are playing at home on Christmas.
0: Speaking of change here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, there has been a change to the Arizona Cardinals' upcoming schedule. Week 17, January 2nd at Dallas, Kickoff is now 2.25 p.m. Arizona time. This was a morning game scheduled for 11 o'clock. Fox chose to move that game to their late window, showing how important that game is to Fox, potentially the number one announcing TV crew of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. The other late game I looked at, MJ, that day on Fox in that 4.25 Eastern window, Rams at Ravens. Solid matchup, but because it's the Cowboys that seems to draw a bigger audience so I would expect Joe Buck and Troy Aikman for the second time this season but really Thursday nights they count but they don't really count because this shows you and it's not just the Cowboys but it does show you the respect that the national media or at least Fox has for this particular matchup involving the Cardinals yeah I I love it I
1: you know I didn't know if they were going to get flexed to a Sunday night game, but you and I kind of handicapped it. You know, maybe after week ten or eleven, going into the bye week, when we didn't. But this is, I mean, this is prime time. I mean, the this seedings are on the line. Dallas has eight wins. I mean, nine wins. They're nine, nine and four. four. I'm sorry, nine and four. So this is about seeding, and you know, whether you're a tour. I mean, you got to figure right now. I would just based on the Bucks record. The, the the Packers have more of a tougher schedule, but again they do end up with the Lions. So you're talking on a three or a four seat, you know, four plays five. I think right now it'd be Cowboys, Rams at four or five. Right now the Cardinals would play Washington. So it's a big difference. I mean it's one seating, but the whole idea win the division, host a playoff game, and then make make a run.
0: That's the goal of every. NFL team the Cardinals again winning and you're in you clinch a playoff spot with a victory still in the driver's seat as far as winning the NFC West is concerned but you do have to win these games beginning this week against the Detroit Lions again birdgangnfl.com slash pro bowl votes voting through Thursday December 16th and a reminder there was no folktales this week But the next episode of Cardinals Folktales, Snow Day to Tampa Bay, available December 22nd. A look back at the Cardinals 2008 game in New England and how that game helped the team reach the Super Bowl. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals for that episode 11 of Cardinals Folktales and for all Cardinals Folktales. And don't forget, the original audio podcasts are available by searching Cardinals Folktales at your favorite podcast provider. MJ's got some homework. He'll do that while he's watching the Chiefs and the Chargers, but we will break down further Cardinals and Lions on what will be a Football Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.